0: The left has always seemed more organized and more united than the right. There are some real and troubling reasons for this, which we will go into. Many on the right attribute the unity of the left to the protesters being paid. Many other conservatives suggest the unity of the left can be explained by the left spending more time in indoctrinating its members, especially indoctrinating the very young these explanations may have some truth in them and may not it's immaterial and it falls into the same trap the left falls into when analyzing the people on the right explaining one's opponent by demonizing or dehumanizing them is never a good idea many on the right were on the left many on the left were on the right this same problem of rationalizing one's opposition through denigrating them explains nothing if all the stupid people are atheists and socialists then why are they even stupid why does mental issues always result in those with mental problems shifting to the other side of whatever spectrum the commentator happens to be on if it explains why people are now on the left how can it also explain why people are on the right and vice versa why can the solution be inverted so easily rejecting the claim that limited intelligence is a causative element of an opponent's political position is not the same as saying poor reasoning skills is an attribute of the political left in other words the poor reasoning skills of people on the left is a consequence of their choice not the cause of their choice it is one thing to say those on the left are there because of cognitive issues and another to realize convincing the left to convert will be problematical because they have been taught to think in ways that are not conducive to our way of seeing things. In other words, the left's poor reasoning abilities is due to brainwashing. It's not the reason why they are on the left in the first place. It is one thing to want to help someone think in a more constructive way, and trying to get people whom you think are cognitively impaired to join you in a project. In the first case, one is attempting to help others overcome the brainwashing, and in the second, one is setting oneself up for failure. Do we even want mentally damaged people on the right? To understand the left, we need to understand a truism. People like free things they like freebies it's natural the success of the left can largely be attributed to the same things that makes capitalism such a powerful idea people do not need to be taught how to be selfish or greedy this comes naturally this explanation might appear to be flawed at first glance but child does not need to learn how to be self-interested and how do we explain socialist leanings as well as capitalism using the same paradigm? Socialists and capitalists are both working from positions of self-interest, but from different directions in different ways. The impulse is the same, though the acting out appears to be divergent. Capitalists are willing to work for what get they are motivated by a desire to amass great wealth it does not take anyone to tell them if an action is is in their best interest or not capitalists are not socialists because they thinking they think looking out for number one is what all persons ought to do socialism is more complicated But socialists are every bit aware of what is in their best interest as capitalists. They just go about realizing this in a different way than capitalists do. It is likely those on the left are less willing to work for what they get or feel their best interest is served by manipulating others in that direct action. They prefer to work through manipulating others to help them. A capitalist wants more control over his business and he wants lower taxes. These policies are in his best interest as a business owner. Socialists want higher taxes and more government regulations. The avarice is the same but expressed in different ways on different sides of the same question. The business owner is selling directly to the consumer. The socialist is selling ideas also, but indirectly through the state. The left and right appear on opposite sides of the issue of government interference, but don't both want what is primarily in their best interest. But is this issue of how to realize one's best interest really a left-right issue? It is issues such as the one of more or less government regulation that have corrupted the right and destroyed the clear line of demarcation that ought to exist between these two positions. By pitting capitalism against socialism, we pit greed against sloth. The merit of wanting to get what one works for is contrasted with compassion for those who are less able. Which is worse, sloth or greed? Which is better, industriousness or compassion? If you could answer this, you have found a distinction between left and right, which does not actually exist. The conflict is bizarre and ill-advised. We are conflicting with the left over pseudo issues look at the issue from a new angle what is really important to you what is the priority or the issue that comes before all other concerns this is what philosophers call a first order principle or in other words the issue that is prioritized by all of us the issue that concerns us is agency or the ability to choose or to express our will the idea used to describe this freedom of agency is security if we do not have security we do not have agency our agency is a measure of our security the left clumsily describes this as my body, my choice. But of course, it's far deeper than this. So these are complex ideas, but they need to be understood if we are to understand why the right is systematically and consistently defeated, not in one magnificent battle, but in the skirmishes. Slowly we are pushed back and forced to retreat, giving up the public space to the paradigm and arguments of the left regardless how poorly these arguments are made or how baseless their accusations they are still winning the caring society slowly pushes back the paradigm of a self-reliant society made up of independent self-reliant persons even as the rich get richer and the poorer made poorer and more subservient there is something weak and ineffectual about right-wing arguments; they are not inspiring the young. Is it difficult to see why conservatism may appeal to the rich with their millions, and even to the middle class that has its house, car, and other toys? For the student facing a life of paying down student debt, and facing an unsure job market, and the prospect of engaging in a war of all—a war of all against all where so many have already established themselves the rich have their beachhead and this is the problem with the issue of whites and what is called white privilege the whites have already been there they've already captured the high ground but the idea of competing against an established elite is unsettling and often mind-numbing and apath- creates an apathetic attitude by the time the student graduates many are already beaten down with a debt and have become hair hairs to a defeatist attitude so they are open to socialist arguments in which it is argued that the ones with need to put the ones without up to their level so that we can all compete on the uh, uh, level playing field in fact what we need is a new paradigm indeed the conservative paradigm does not reflect the position of the right fully. It's a caric- caricature of our real value system. The conservative linkage with capitalism is not altogether misleading, but it is wrong. The accent on self-reliance and individual initiative does not characterize the right wrongly. The right is about individual individuality, but individuality does not create a hard heart or sociopathic personality this is where we have lost too many people to the left being individualized does not mean that one is heartless it does not preclude charity unfortunately the analytics behind capitalism socialism and democracy is extremely flawed the individual qua individual is not secure he or she is of necessity exposed to threats of loss this is where anarchy fails to rise to the level of a viable solution there may be extreme cases where a person expects so little and is willing to do so much that he can rely on his own abilities but if this is the case the individual is limited in what he can do especially if his abilities are focused on survival The mature society ensures the individual is secure so that he or she can focus on whatever skills and abilities that the individual has the best handle on the failure of capitalism or its inadequacy is predicated on the first order principle of security individuals cannot secure safety for themselves and in fact, capitalism creates what many view as unacceptable levels of exposure to risk and threats of loss. It is the basis on which profits are justified. Anyone who exposes themselves to the risk levels that come with capitalism deserve whatever returns they are able to achieve. Or this is the theory. Think of the risk associated with trying to save up sufficient capital to start a business or borrowing the funds needed often at the risk of mortgaging one's home and putting everything with value up as collateral the new entrepreneur is expected to understand sales marketing accounting production logistics regulations taxation and so on and deal with people in a fair and even-handed manner is it a wonder that the majority of businesses fail in the first couple of years, often due to a lack of funds, but usually, at least within 10 years, due to owner burnout? The worst businesses to be in is the one-man enterprise in which the owner is a one-man show, and the business does not permit of hiring people to help such as the antique business. If one has any interest in security, starting a small or medium-sized business is not the way to achieve it. The rich man filled his barns with good things for his retirement. There was no certainty war, fire, or natural disaster would not take all of his wealth from him. Modern man has realized the individual is not secure because individuality is not a source of security. We have developed insurance by purchasing a policy. One joins a consortium of persons who have pooled the resources to cover losses experienced by or potentially potentially experienced by the individual members. The insurance is operated by a broker and backed by an underwriter because we do not trust one another if your neighbor's house burns down you may help him but when your house suffers a loss will he be there for you by making the receipts and disbursements the responsibility of a broker the risk of someone freeloading is lessened but what happens when the person has no insurance What if insurance is not available from the free market? A person may drive a car or own a house and not insure. He may suffer loss, but he may also cause you to suffer loss. He may lose his job or refuse to work and yet have children. Who takes care of the children if the parents cannot or will not look after them? And if they will not work, who pays for the damage to your car if another car destroys yours and yet the person does not have insurance the left has the answer they take what is needed from those who have the means and the ability to be taken from and they allocate to those who have the need but not the means to help others this is the answer of socialism the needy do not freeload because they are in need and entitled it it is the ones who are the possessors of plenty who are greedy. Racist persons enjoying white privilege. These are the evil ones because they will not share what they have with those in need. This is the ways that socialists think. Regardless of the merits of the two arguments. It is apparent that the individual is open to predation from the left, but instead of doubling down and claiming we have a right to what we have, perhaps it is time we looked at our arguments for their flaws. If the capitalist position is as valid and as flawless as some argue it is, why has it failed to inspire so many and indeed made so many enemies? If our arguments, For capitalism are so good why aren't they persuasive the fact is ownership both public and private are not what they seem and neither can be justified at least not logically in fact what is called private ownership is more a partnership between the public sector and individual owners Private ownership is a liability on the books of all capitalist enterprises. The state always has a claim on commercial property. The ownership is never absolute with capitalism. For the right to consolidate their position, they need a more robust definition of ownership. Civil ownership is the ownership of equity alone. Civics is the organization of civil society. Herein, this refers to citizens, not subjects. Subjects are holders of liabilities. Citizens are authors of equity or the producers of equity. Citizens create civilization. Subjects create a state. The division between subject and citizen is very real and needs to be explored primarily because liberals create subjects and it is conservatives who ought to be citizens. But so often we do not understand the process or the qualifications of being or becoming a citizen. Only citizens achieve security because subjects always have liabilities attached to everything they have. Remember, subjects are objects of the state. They're the creation of the state. Subjects have no human rights. The rights of subjects are legal rights officiated by and administrated by the state. One has the rights of property as a legal agent, and the protection of own assets. The rights you have are not pertaining to you as a sovereign agent, but as property, as a legal agent, not a sovereign agent. To be citizen requires a sub- subject reclaim his or her agency. This amounts to a reassertion of one's rights to what one authors. We own what we create we do not own what others create a citizen is the author and therefore the owner of the equity he or she creates we become citizens by our generation and ownership of equity a citizen is not a subject citizens are authors of equity authors of equity do not produce or record liabilities citizens have sovereign agency not legal agency if one is not a citizen one is not a conservative if one does not subscribe to free and sovereign agency one is not a citizen or a true member of the right